Good morning, everybody. Welcome to our 1030 service. If you would, let's go ahead and stand together. We're going to sing a song this morning called Raise a Hallelujah. So I encourage you, let's lift our voices and let's sing to the Lord this morning. Sing with me. I raise a hallelujah. I raise a hallelujah in the presence of my enemies. I raise a hallelujah louder than the unbelief. I raise a hallelujah my way is a melody. I raise a hallelujah. Heaven comes to fight for me. Let's lift it up. Sing together our raise. Worthy of our praise this morning. Let's sing this. It's real easy. Come on. Sing a little louder. Sing a little louder. Yeah, there you go. Sing a little louder. 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 Sing a little louder.
got a video for you. Be sure to join us on Sunday, October the 17th here at Lions Family Farms. We'll be coming together as all three campuses and enjoying a time together from 6 to 9 p.m. You can pick up your tickets at all three campuses. They cost $7 and two and under are free. We hope to see you there. Keith Haney, reigning Corn King 2020 and the host of this year's Corn King game. Oh, this is my cousin. Kenny, you can call him KB. Roll Tide. Hey, y'all, I'm Alan Ostrisky, Corn King from 05 to 2017, and I got here my cousin. Get on out here. This is a big Willie Stutz, gonna carry on the family legacy. Hey, J. King. Hey, J. King. 02 and 98. 74. Mo. This is Mo. Want corn? All right, boys. Competition number one. Corn King Games 2021. Corn Angels. You know what to do. Andy John, why don't you go on and tell them about the next game here? Corn Swing. Corn Swing. Alan, give them the corn. Fellas, how can he be more clear? Corn Swings. Come on. Good night. Hey, fellas, you know now when you watch watching your youngins playing around, you got to be good at some whistling. Let's see what you got, just like this right here, just like that. Yeah, get your, get your knives out. Go ahead, go ahead, get your whittling. Yeah, yeah. Show us what you did, Big Willie Stutz. Huh. Well, sorry, fella. All right, KB, don't let the family down. Show us what you got. Well, all right. All right, Mose, what'd you build? Hmm, mighty fine piece of carpentry. All right, fellas, it's time to award this year's Corn King Games corn king between the three of us we've come to a unanimous decision drum roll please andy jones and the winner of this year's corn king games is me i am your corn king And don't forget your kettle corn. All right. So I just want to apologize for what y'all had to see there. I swear it was a lot funnier making that video than it was. You know, just things just don't always translate. Like, you, you watch the SNL skit and you're like, that's not funny at all, but they're dying laughing. That's how I feel right now. I felt like we started with such promise a few years ago and we have really 
swirl downward uh, after that. Uh, man, my name is Alan Ostrisky, man. I'm so glad to have you guys here. Lindsay Lane North, thank you for worshiping with us at our 1030 service. It is great to have you guys. Uh, when you came in today, hopefully you received in your bulletin a Connect card. If you are visiting with us, man, we are so glad to have you. Please fill this Connect card out. It's for everyone, but especially our first-time guests. We want to know and have a record that you were here. We also have a free gift for you. So at the Next Steps table on your way out on the left, if you will, you can uh, meet us there. Love to shake your hand and get a gift in your hand uh, for doing that for us. And then uh, as well as if you make a decision today for or anything that you want to let us know about or a way that we can pray for you, uh, that Connect card is there uh, for you to do that as well. I'll go ahead and tell you, uh, I, know, I know that Jeremiah will probably say it again at the end of service, but we are having to cancel our fellowship again tonight. So the, they need to like plant crops according to when we have fellowships because it always rains them out. So we'll, we'll let you know when we reschedule. It'll be a little bit because we've got some other things coming up, but um, we'll let you know about that, okay? Let's go to the Lord in prayer as we, uh, as we worship, continue in worship today. Father, thank you so much for today. God, thank you for the time that you've given each of us to gather here, whether here physically or, Lord, for so many that are plugging in online. God, I just pray that you would be glorified and enthroned on our praises today. God, as we worship you in song and we get an opportunity to worship you in the word in just a little bit, Father, we, we praise you and we thank you for what you're going to do. And Lord, for allowing us the opportunity to be a part, God, of this mission, the mission of this great church. Father, we love you and we just thank you for what you're going to do in our hearts and in our lives today. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's go ahead and stand. We're going to continue to worship and sing a song called Great Are You, Lord. The Lord is great and greatly to be praised this morning. So let's lift our voices. Let's sing with all of our hearts to him because he is worthy of everything that we have. You give life. You are love. You bring light to the dark. You give hope, you restore every heart that is broken. Great are you, 
Let's sing it again. And all the earth will shout your praise. Our hearts will cry. These bones will sing. Let's go church. And all the earth will shout your praise. Our hearts will cry. These bones will sing. Come on. Create are you Sits your breath in our lungs. So we did another thing for us. He did enough by sending Jesus to down a cross for our sins. And so this song, it tells that story. It tells of how we could do nothing on our own, but only through Christ. How deep the Father's love for us. How vast beyond all measure. That he should give his only son To make a wretch his treasure How great the pain of searing love The father turns his face away As wounds which mother chosen sons to glory Behold the man upon the cross My sin upon his shoulders Ashamed I hear my mocking voice Call out among the scoffers It was my sin that held him there Until it was accomplished His dying breath has brought me Yeah. 
His wounds have paid my ransom. But this I know with all my heart. His wounds have paid my ransom. Amen. Let's pray. God, we thank you, God, for paying a debt that we could not pay through Jesus. Lord, we love you. And God, as we continue and we get ready to receive an offering, Lord, for missions, I pray that you would bless this time. Lord, we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, what's up, Pastor Allen and our Lindsay Lane family? Wanted to come to you with an update here in Las Vegas. God is really moving and doing some special things. He's opened up doors for us to meet, to launch our church at Green Valley High School in the southeast part of our city. Uh, we're so excited to see what God is doing right now in this season. We're actually in the middle of what we're calling our soft opening. So our team is working tirelessly to get all of the nuts and bolts in place and in gear for our grand opening on October 3rd. So just a few ways that you can be praying for us right now as we're on the field planting and as you're partnering with us uh, from Lindsay Lane to Las Vegas. Uh, number one, pray for our team's unity. Pray that we would stay unified and on mission together. Number two, pray for more salvations. There are people in our community that we know are just on the brink of giving their lives to Jesus. And number three, pray for those who've already given their life to Jesus and are new believers. They're walking with Jesus for the very first time that we would be able to walk alongside them and encourage them. Some of them coming forward for believers baptism that we're going to celebrate on October 3rd. We can't wait to share those highlights with you. But until then, be praying for us. We appreciate and value and love your partnership so very much. The gospel is going further because you said yes. Thank you, Lindsay Lane. We love you guys. All right. So that is Joseph Gibbons. That is one of our three missionary partners. I don't know if you caught it or not. That, that video is a, a week or so old. Uh, I don't know if you caught it or not. Today is their grand opening. So uh, we know I know exactly what he's going through. They're launching in a school just like we did. Um, I understand all the work. It's, it's, it's amazing the details that go on, all the moving pieces uh, to all that. And so we, we did three soft launches, uh, soft openings. And, and so they were in the middle of that. But this Sunday, uh, man, I just think God worked out the timing. And it's amazing that we get to give toward what's going on in Las Vegas on literally on the day that God is using them in a powerful way to open up that activity there in, uh, in that city. So, uh, but that is one of three missionary partners that we have. The others being the Church of the Oaks that we, we saw last week, which is our, uh, our excuse me, our Judea minister partner uh, there in the state. And then Neighborhood Bridges is our local Elkmont missions that we work in partnership with the school on that. And so uh, this offering is how we fund those ministries, how we fund the activity and the work that we'll be doing with those ministries in 2022. And so we want you to give as God has laid upon your heart to give. I hope you've been praying about it. This is not your tithe. This is over and beyond what your tithe is. Uh, this is our give to go offering. And so if you would, for the sake of clarity, if you will grab this pledge sheet, obviously I know not all are, are ready to give, but we, we want to do that today and then we'll give opportunities to give in the future as well. Um, but this is for this, this will run from today to the end of September 2022. And so when we talk about our pledges, that is what we are, the period of time we're talking about. And so there's, if you will, at the top, if you will put what your total commitment is for this year. Now for me and my family, we will be spreading that out over four payments quarterly. Um, you can do it however you want to. If you're prepared to give a one-time gift, you just check that first box. This is a one-time gift. It helps us because we are building our budget our mission budget based on the contributions today. And so uh, if you'll give the total amount there for the sake of clarity and then check one of these boxes, give us some information. We're not going to hound you. We're not going to show up at your house. Uh, 
collecting money from you. We're not going to do anything like that, but we just want you uh, to fill that out so that we have uh, some accountability and so that we can know what to expect uh, in that area of giving so we can build our budget around that. But every cent that you give in this offering will go directly to those missions and the work that we do with those missions over there, okay? Mission trips and those those sorts of things, okay? Uh, and so I, I wanted to explain that to you. We are going to take up a physical offering. Uh, if you if you are giving quarterly or monthly, let us know. Circle one of those two words, quarterly or monthly, to let us know um, so that we can build, um, build that around that, okay? Guys, if you'll go ahead and come forward. I want to pray, and I don't want to just pray for this offering. I want to pray that God would, would use this offering in a powerful way, but I want to pray for Favor City Church, specifically now in Las Vegas, that is having their first launch uh, service today. Pray that God will do a mighty work, and I just want you to join me as we pray over this time of giving and, and the missions partners that we have. Father, we thank you so much. God, for how you have chosen to use us as a church. Use the resources that you have given us, God, to make a kingdom difference and a kingdom impact. And so, God, as you have so richly blessed our church, God, through the generosity of so many people, how you have blessed us to enable us to do what we're doing right here, right now in Elkmont. God, I pray that we would pay it forward. I pray that we would give to other works, other things that are happening in other parts of the world, uh, God, as we get a chance to partner with them. God, I pray lifting up Favor City Church right now. I pray for Joseph and for Kristen. God, I pray as they launch there in Las Vegas, I pray that they would have a successful launch. I pray, God, for salvations. I pray you'd bring in the lost. God, I pray that you would provide discipleship on the back end. God, we just pray that you would do a mighty, mighty work. And so, Father, we look forward to seeing how you're going to use them, how you're going to use a partnership, our partnership with them. And, God, we just pray that you would receive all the glory. Now, Father, be with us, Lord, as we give faithfully according to how you've blessed us. Lord, that we, you would bless the gift, you'd bless the giver, and you would use it for your kingdom. It's in your name we pray. Amen. We are such a blessed church. Uh, as I am around church planners quite a bit, uh, just in partnership and networking, I'm just here to tell you. And the things that we are able to do as a result of what the main campus and, and, and the gift of so many have, have been able to do, contributions of so many, man, we, we are so far ahead of where so many plants are because of that. And it takes resources. And so, man, we just want to bless them back. We just want to, we want to bless what God is doing in other places as well as here in Elkmont. And so I think it's fitting today that as I begin, we are a young church. We are a little over two years old. And many of you have asked questions about things like missions uh, but things as it relates to our church. And most of the time when you ask me those questions, I respond with really annoying answers like, I'll let you know later, or I don't know, <laughs> or at least we're working on that and we'll, let you, we'll, we'll, we'll get back to you, right? Um, in the life of our church, man, we are evolving. We are uh, creating ministries almost every quarter. Another ministry is starting, is, is growing, is developing out of what we're doing. Uh, and so because of that, we don't have the whole picture. Y'all have asked me questions before, and sometimes I've just been like, 
I don't know, I'll let you know when we get there, right? Because, I mean, there is so much that's going on, and it's great stuff. Um, but what I wanted to do today, today is, is inspired by some of those questions, and uh, I just believe if we are to be united, we need to be united in vision. And when there's clear vision, people can get on board or get off, right? They can, they can get on or get off. When there's not clear vision, right, uh, there, there can, it can lead to frustration. And so if you've taken our North 101 class, uh, this is something that we do. It's a re- the reason why we offer the class so that you know what you're getting into with us as a church. This is what we're about. This is who we are. And so we just want to bring clarity to a certain, some things this, uh, this month. And so for the month of October, we're going to talk about things like our mission statement. We're going to talk about things like our purpose statement. We're going to talk about things like growth steps that we desire to see in you as a member. Listen, if you are a member... I do not believe in the membership collecting dust, right? Like we are going to be moving. We're going to be making a difference. We're going to be giving of time, effort, and resources uh, to make it hard to go to hell from Elkmont, Alabama. That's just, that, that's, that's how I operate. That's how we will operate as a church. And so the title of this series is the DNA of Lindsay Lane North. We, I want to give you what it is that makes Lindsay Lane North who we are. We know that DNA is the building blocks for, that determines everything about us, the little double helix structure that we've all learned and probably forgotten in um, biology, right? The, the, the groups of the nucleotides that form together that determine how we look, determine our personality, determine how we act. All of these things are determined by our DNA, And so we're going to take a look at our DNA as a church. DNA has been described as the blueprint of our body. When I moved into the village last year, uh, I moved into the house that was owned by an engineer. Now what that means is, if there is anything to be explained in that house, it looks like this, okay? Uh, Our breaker box is like a 20-page document, bound document, that shows where every single circuit is terminated. Like, it is, it is insane. I mean, it is amazing. Super detailed, but it takes forever to find anything because I, I just need one breaker, but there's 18 things I have to read before I get there. Well, I've never bought a house that had the blueprints with it. I've, I've never done that. Uh, I also would say I don't think I've ever left the blueprints of a house, a house that I've purchased either, uh, if somebody's feeling left out in that. But uh, these blueprints were in our house. They were in a closet. Uh, and, a, and a blueprint is simply that. It is the, the way that a builder knows, the specs that a builder knows to detail how to build our house. And so within that, you have the exterior Right, you have the uh, gra- uh, the floor plan of how everything is laid out. I determined in our house that we might the the original builder, the owners might have ran out of some money because there's some things like a really awesome bay window that we don't have uh, in the back that I thought we would have according to these specs. But this is a blueprint. It's a general guideline to follow. And so if you look at to look at this blueprint, is really to determine a whole lot about our house. You can tell a lot about our house based upon these blueprints, right? The blueprints provide the builder with an opportunity and the homeowner, right? The person building the house to see the house before it's built, right? To see what it's about and to see how everything is made up. And so when we think about that, the blueprint, what is the blueprint that makes up Lindsay Lane North Church? How are we similar? How are we different from other churches? What are we as a church about? And so we want to provide a blueprint uh, for you over the course of this month and who we are as a church. And I believe, as any church should be, I believe it begins with our mission. I believe any church for for the focus of any church to be anything other than mission is idolatry, okay? Uh, it's not a church. Mission is what makes a church different than every other organization in the world. And you've probably seen 
our mission statement. Now, you may not know that that's our mission statement, but our mission statement is found, if you look at our uh, sign up here in the, in the front, it's found at the bottom, it's found in every, uh, every athletic sign that we do, every program that we have. We have our church logo, we have a way to contact us, and we have this phrase. Anybody know what it is? In the community... For the community. That's exactly right. That is our mission statement. And so, we, but we've got to provide some clarity on that because if we're not careful, we'll think that our church is solely about 35620. We are solely about our community. But what is community as God defines it? And so let's give some clarity to that. So this is, again, covered in our North 101, but this is what we believe to be, what it means to be in the community and for the community. All right, this is what we believe it to mean. It is our aim to be consistently in the community of Elkmont, the surrounding areas, and the world, building relationship bridges with the lost and the disengaged. We are to be presently there. We are to be active in these areas, not just in Elmont, not just up on the hill in a football game, not just in the school, not just in, in, in this community, but we are to be local. We are to be international and everywhere in between. Remember our strategy, right? Our mission strategy is Acts 1-8, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, uttermost parts of the earth. It's why we give. It's what you gave toward today in our give-to-go offering. And so, and so understanding that that is what it means to be in the community. But we are also for the community, both near and far, by intentionally meeting needs in order to meet the world's greatest need, the gospel of Christ. Right. So in short, we are in the community and for the community. We are for them to meet needs, but not just physical needs, but spiritual needs as well, right? We don't serve in a concession stand. We don't, uh, we don't help pull off a pep rally. We don't, uh, we don't serve in whatever capacity we are serving in as a means in and of itself. There's plenty of other organizations that could do that. We are different in that we are meeting spiritual needs. In our church. I'll give you an example of that. But I believe it has to be, if you're going to be for the community, I believe you have to be in the community. Um, I'll give you an example of that. As I was preparing and knew that this was kind of the direction that we were headed as a church, I received a phone call from somebody in our community. And this person told me that they were really struggling in some areas and they just wanted a, a, some time to talk. I really never had a, a long conversation at all with this person. We'd run into each other, knew who this person was. Um, but I showed up at her place of work, and, and she began to share with me her heart. It started with, spiritual, with physical needs. started with things that she was going through with her family. Hardships, financial hardships, difficulties. But then it turned spiritual. I got the opportunity to share Christ with her. She's a believer, has a relationship with the Lord. Going to get an opportunity to share Christ and build that relationship with her husband as well. And as she was sharing these things with me, all I could think of is this is exactly why God placed this church here. So that we have such a presence in the world that when those in the world need something, they need us, they need the church, they, they are grasping for things, we are the hand that they see. And so God has opened the door. I'm looking forward to that, that uh, friendship, uh, that, that relationship. I'm looking forward to seeing how God uses that. And, and they've been tuning in, actually, every Sunday. Now, they may never be able to come physically to this church, but they tune in almost every single week uh, and watch us online. But here's the thing. It's not about that, but that, that, those things don't happen unless we're in the community and for the community. We're in the community in the sense that we have a permanent location here, right? In our, in our vision for the church, we wanted to be brick and mortar in this community. We are planted as a launch campus of Lindsay Lane Baptist Church. 
Now, what that means, that's new verbiage that Andy, John, Heath, and I have come up with. Uh, as a launch campus, what that means is we were planted with the purpose of being our own church at some time in the future. And so there will be a day once we meet some milestones, and we're working through some of those details now because things are progressing even quicker than we thought. Uh, we are working through some of this, but there will be a time where we will be autonomous from the main campus. We're a launch campus. Lindsay Lane East is different. They are at this time, they are a local campus, right? They are going to be connected with the main campus for a while. It was how they were built. It's based in how they were planted, but we are a launch campus, all right? So we wanted to be brick and mortar. We wanted to be self-sufficient, meaning that we are providing, and listen, man, Lindsay Lane, man, they have done so many incredible things. There is no way we could have done what we've done to this point without Lindsay Lane's investment in us. There's no possible way. Look, you, you, don't, you don't launch with the staff that we have uh, without, without backing like that. And so I am so very thankful for all that they've done. But to be in the community, we were called to reach. I don't feel like a church planner, y'all. And that's problematic when I'm giving like spills about what God is doing with me as a church planner among church planners and I'm saying I don't feel like a church planner. Do you see where that could rub some people the wrong way? The problem is I don't feel like a church planner. I just know that God's called me here. I know that God's called me to make it hard to go to hell from Elkmont, right? Like he's called me to minister in this context and this is just the avenue that he's given me to pursue it. Right, And so I hope for us as a church that we would respond in the same mission. But then at some point, then we would become autonomous. And so then the question always comes, well, what are you going to call our church? To which I respond annoyingly, I have no idea. We may be the fellowship of brethren dwelling together in unity and harmony in Jesus Christ and holding hands together, Fellowship Baptist Church. I don't know what we are going to be called, all right? I don't have any idea. But we'll be called something. I can guarantee it. We'll be called something, all right? Um, and, so, and so we don't know what the, all that transition looks like, but that is the plan as a launch campus. But we're for the community, meeting physical and spiritual needs. And here's the thing. For you to be involved with us, we want to enlist you in that effort. And so I know COVID has messed up people. I know we've got health issues and things, people that are taking care of loved ones that are at risk. I know we've got a lot of things going right now. But listen, if you are missing out on the community connection aspect of what we're doing as a church, you are missing out on some of the lifeblood of our church, on who we are. This is DNA of our church. And so we want to enlist you to get you active in serving and meeting those needs in our community. Uh, where this fits in our Give to Go missions offering is that our neighbors are not just limited, though, to our community. We talk about Give to Go, we talk more than just Elkmont. Right? Not just our neighbors down the street. Jesus defined neighbors very, very different. He defined neighbors very inclusively in a world, in a context that was very exclusive at the time. And so we find that in Luke chapter 10. So turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 10. We'll provide biblical foundation for what we're talking about, where we're headed as a church. This give-to-go offering, right, is going to support people that, honestly, some of us may never see this side of glory. But God is doing a work there, and so we want to join him in that work. So the question then is, who is our neighbor? If our mission involvement, if, if our calling to be in the community for the community involves reaching our neighbor wherever our neighbor lives, then who is our neighbor? And so number one, we see the investigation. Luke chapter 10, beginning in verse 25, we see one man's investigation into this very question. Listen to what it says. And behold, a lawyer stood up to put him, him being Jesus, to the test. So he was not eager to learn. He was not a willing student. He was a skeptic, right? Putting Jesus to the test, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life. And Jesus said to him, what is written in the law? How do you read it? 
You ask me a question, let me respond very philosophically and ask you a question. How do you read it? And he answered how every Jew should answer that knows the Bible. He answered, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. He's quoting Deuteronomy 5, 6, 5, the Shema. And he's quoting Leviticus 19, 18. You need to deal with your relationship with God and you need to deal with your relationship with others. And he said to him, Jesus said to him, you have answered correctly. Do this and you will live. Listen to what the young man says. But he, desiring to justify himself, wanting to lead to a point... He said to Jesus, and who is my neighbor? This whole idea of being in the community and for the community revolves around the question of who is our neighbor? If our neighbors is just people that we share an area code or a street address with, then we have a very limited understanding of neighbor. And this man was looking for, this lawyer, this teacher of the law, was looking for the answer to this question. But he was looking in it, at it in very, very limiting terms. Here's what this man was literally asking. The man was looking, in your notes, for love's obligation. What is love's obligation? If I am to love the Lord with all the heart, soul, mind, and strength, what am I obligated to do? Let me say it another way. What is the bare minimum that I can get away with and still be where God wants me to be and still get into heaven? What does he ask? What does he ask? How can I receive eternal life? What is the bare minimum that I can do to meet the standard that I need to meet in order to go to heaven? That's what he's asking. I think we as a church, we look at that and go, well, that's terrible. I think we as a church sometimes do the same thing. Well, you got to have a relationship with Jesus. There's got to be a time where you ask him into your heart. You walk an aisle, you check a box, you get dunked in the, in the tank, and you're on your way to heaven. It's the bare minimum. It's the idea of Fire insurance, right? We have eternal fire insurance. Why? Because we've locked God into an agreement that he can't get out of because we've done this, because we've come forward and checked a box and wrote our name down and got on the church membership, then God is responsible for us to receive eternal life. My friend, if we have that mentality of Hey, I know I'm a Christian because of this thing I've done at this time in my life. If we are looking for the bare minimum in our obedience to God, I would argue to you based on how God defines love that you don't have a relationship with him. When God intervenes in our life, The love that is produced does not look for the minimum. It doesn't look for the base requirement to get us into heaven. If I can just get them to let me in the pearly gates, what's the least that I can do? Sometimes our church membership, sometimes we build whole ideologies around this idea. Right? You will look at somebody that is so far away from Christ and so insulated and, and excluded from, uh, from Christ to say, well, no, when I was five, I, I, you know, I made a decision at VBS. But their life is a wreck. Their life is in shambles. But because I've met the minimum requirement, right, I'm good. The problem with God's love is when he invades us, he takes over us. Or we don't have any experience with it. We either have God's love that changes us. Or we've just developed some emotional attachment that comes and goes with it. But this is what he's asking. What is love's minimum? And then what does he say then? Right? He says, okay, all right, fine. Love the Lord your God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. All right? That, okay. 
But what now, who's my neighbor, though? You know what this man had in his mind? And it was ingrained in him. It was, it was definitely cultural. But there were people that he had in mind that he didn't care to love. I don't want to love this person as my neighbor. Now, I'll surround myself with a lot of people, and I'll love them, and I'll encourage them, and we'll, we'll have a great time. But I don't want to love that guy down the road. I don't want to love this person over here. I don't want to love this person who's hurt me. Who's my neighbor? Remember what did he ask? Seeking to justify himself. Meaning he knew there were people that he wasn't loving like himself. So give me the limits, Jesus. Give me the bare minimum that I can do in order to receive eternal life. And this is what Jesus did. He provided an illustration. A story. He told a story, and this is what it was. Luke 10, verse 30. Jesus replied, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell among robbers, who stripped him and beat him and departed, leaving him half dead. But by, now by chance, a priest, enter hero number one for the lawyer, for the, for the scribe, for this learned Jewish person, a priest was going down that road. Oh, thank goodness. And when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. Not a great start for the Hebrew people, the Jewish people, but Jesus is telling a story. Then there was a second man, a Levite. When he came to the place and saw him, all of them saw him, passed by on the other side side. We don't know why. We don't know why they passed by. We just know that they did. Scholars have concluded maybe they were afraid for their own life, that the men that robbed him were still there and they were waiting for him to get down off his horse or whatever and was going to rob him as well. Maybe they were afraid. Maybe they didn't feel like they had the resources to really help the man out adequately. Maybe they didn't have time they were so caught up in performing a ritual at the temple, conducting a service for God, that they missed the activity of God on the side of the road. We don't really know why they passed him by, but they did. And then enters the Samaritan, the villain of this story, according to the Jews. But a Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was. And when he saw him, he had compassion. He went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring out oil and wine. Then he set him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And the next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper, saying, Take care of him, and whatever you spend, I will repay you when I come back. There was something in the Samaritan that was different than the other men. These other Jewish heroes had walked on by. And you almost hear it in the guy's response later. We'll read in a second. You can almost feel his teeth gritting, right? When he brings up the Samaritan. But the Samaritan shows up and the Samaritan sees the man and the Samaritan sees the great need that he's in and immediately begins to meet his needs completely, entirely, meeting every one of this man's needs. Now listen, the danger was no less for him than it was the other man, regardless of the danger that he may or may not have been in, regardless of the time frames. He was traveling. He had places to be. He had people to see. Regardless of the time frame that he needed to keep, regardless of the financial status that he was in, the Samaritan acted. Perceived need led to his action. And so the lawyer's asking, Jesus, what's the least I can do the least I can love God and love others to receive eternal life. He was asking for love's obligation. Instead, Jesus identified and confronted the man with love's operation. This is what it looks like when someone truly loves someone else. 
The Samaritan, who was probably hated just as much the Jewish people as the Jewish people hated him, saw what we believe to be a Jew who had been beaten, and yet regardless of all of the cultural barriers, he acted on behalf of the man. He inconvenienced himself. He put himself out. He used his resources, and he met the needs of the man entirely. This is the illustration that Jesus gives. And then finally, Jesus provides the illumination. This is the light bulb moment. This is the aha moment as Jesus brings it into the world in the context of this man. Listen to what he says in verse 36. Which of these three, which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers. And he, being the lawyer, said, the one who showed him mercy. And Jesus said to him, you go and do likewise. You see, the teaching point was if a Samaritan, the most hated of the Jews... Right, The enemies, the rivals, the, uh, the, the, the nemesis of the Jews, if the Samaritan could humble himself and could show and demonstrate enough love to meet the needs fully of this man who had been robbed, if they were willing to do that, how much more should the people of God be willing to do that as well? If a Samaritan can prove himself as a neighbor, then any, everyone should be considered a neighbor. You see, the Samaritans were the closest to the Jews geographically. But they were literally the last group of people on the planet the Jews would have anything to do with. They were the last ones. You ever heard, had somebody say it? If you were the last person, if you were the last man on the planet, you know, I wouldn't marry you. You've heard that, right? If they were, if there was, there was only the Jews and the Samaritans. This Jew and the, not all the Samaritans, right? If that was all that there was to choose from. We wouldn't have anything to do do with you. But grace had been extended to the Samaritans. And so, if the Samaritans can be considered and act as a neighbor, then so should the people of God. You see, Jesus didn't answer the man's question. That's the cool thing about it. Jesus didn't answer the man's question because that really wasn't what the man needed. The man was asking, what does love's limits look like? What's the obligation I have to serve other people as somebody who is a disciple of the Lord, right? A follower of Yahweh God. What is the least I can do to inherit eternal life? And rather than just discovering who his neighbor was, who's my neighbor? Rather than answering that question, Jesus rather illustrated what a neighbor does. He didn't tell him who his neighbor was. He just said, hey, who acted like a neighbor? Who was the neighbor? Because it's not about what who the neighbor is and finding who are the people that we need to love. The point is we are to love one another without restriction. We, if there's limits placed on the love that we show, if there's limits placed on the charity and the ministry that we have, those, those limits were not placed there by God. They were put there by us. And so if there's limits to your willingness to serve, it's not put there by God. It's put there by us and our pride. Jesus was speaking right to the pride of this man. The man left, not with love's obligation, the bare minimum. He left with love's opportunity. He saw love illustrated in a way that he had never considered. That just as love had been lavished on him through the connection that the Jewish people had with the Messiah so should he pour out without limits God's love 
on others. And y'all, if anything, the stakes have only gotten higher. This man understood what it was like to be God's chosen people physically. We in this room, if you have a relationship with Christ, you understand what it's like to be God's people spiritually. He has invaded our life. He has changed us. And rather than looking at the bare minimum to get by in spiritual observance to one day be able to be let in to the pearly gates, we should be seeking to be a neighbor of every tribe, every tongue, every nation, breaking down every barrier, breaking down every inconvenience in our life in order to see that their needs are met. This is love's opportunity. Not its minimum, but its potential. Its maximum. This is what God has called us to. And y'all, I promise you, as long as I lead this church, we're going to be focused on the world's greatest need. More than a hot dog at a football game. More than help cleaning up a house. More than money to restore something that has been destroyed. More than a pep rally. More than any of these things. Our neighbors need the gospel. That is our mission. In the community, present and unlimited so that we can expose them to an unlimited grace and mercy that's found in the gospel of Jesus. Love not at its minimum, but at its maximum. Have you bought into that? That is our mission. That's who we are as a church, and that's what I would inspire you. That is what I would encourage you to join us in being a part of. Would you bow your head and close your eyes? As you're here today, and maybe... Maybe you don't know this gospel that I speak of. Maybe there's never been a time when you've come to the realization that God sent his only son for you so that you could have a relationship with him. He exchanged your wickedness for his righteousness. And he made a way for you to receive eternal life. If, you've, if you have not experienced the love of God, then my friend, you can never Never truly serve on mission for him without being in relationship with him. And so I would invite you to respond today by coming to this front, finding me here at the front. I'd love to talk to you about how you can know that you have a relationship with Jesus. Love to see you commit your life to Christ as your Lord and your Savior. But maybe a response to you is to buy in is to join what God's doing here at Lindsay Lane North. Join us on this mission, this tireless, endless mission to be in the community and for the community, reaching every neighbor with the gospel of Jesus Christ. If that's you, maybe it's time to put some feet to that. Find accountability for that and join Lindsay Lane North. But whatever decision you need to make, listen, maybe, maybe through this, I pray through this, that God has shown you someone, that you have thought of someone that you know needs what you have. Somebody that needs the gospel of Christ, needs a church connection, needs community. Maybe you need to come to this front. Maybe you need to pray and intercede for that person that God may be calling you to reach. Don't put a restriction up. It's not about the bare minimum that we can love somebody. It's about how God's love can freely pour through us at its maximum. So whatever it is, whatever decision you need to make, I pray that you would respond today as the Spirit leads in this time of invitation. We've got counselors waiting. would love to talk to you about anything, any decision you need to be made. This, offer, this altar is open. You can come and pray. But don't leave without doing business with the Lord. Father, we thank you what you're doing in our hearts and in this place. God, I pray that you give us clarity so that we can move forward. But Lord, as Paul said, we're not limited in our knowledge, in our understanding. 
We're limited in our affections, in our heart. And so, God, I pray with undivided hearts we would respond to you today, however it is that you lead us. Whatever you require of us, whatever decision needs to be made, I pray that we would do it joyfully. And, God, we would get active in this mission that you've called us to. In your holy name we pray. Amen. And amen. Would you stand to your feet? Any decision needs to be made. I'm here. Would love to receive you. Love to talk with you. Would you come as we sing? salvation for them. God, I pray they'd let somebody know God, of what you've done in, our, in their hearts. God, I pray that you would be glorified in us as we've met together here. God, in just a moment as we will be sent out. God, I just pray that you would use us in a powerful way living on mission for you in everything we do. God, it's in your name we pray. Amen and amen. Y'all can be seated. I will say, as uh, for those of you uh, that are watching online or in person, those Connect cards are a way to let us know any decision that you would like to make today. Uh, let us know that by putting that on the uh, Connect card, and uh, you can access the digital Connect card on our initial post. And let us know. We'd love to follow up with you on any decision that needs to be made, okay? All right, guys, we got a couple of announcements, and we'll uh, dismiss.